the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble. Impulsive behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It's Pastor John Allworth, and I am here, and I am excited because although addiction is a pandemic, there is a cure, there is a vaccine, and his name is Jesus Christ. We're going to talk today about the 12 steps, and many people will hear that and they might tune out, but I urge you to stay connected to this program because I'm telling you the 12 steps are basically a path to a spiritual awakening. And I believe that the 12 steps could be helpful to anyone, including those people that have never suffered from any addiction whatsoever. I believe that the 12 steps are basically just a reflection of what we are called to do in our Christian walk. In fact, the reason that the 12 steps have power is because they're all biblically based. So um, we're going to go through. We're going to go through. We have kind of rewritten the 12 steps in our Break Every Chain. There's nothing wrong with the original 12 steps, but, uh, you know, a lot of people in the faith-based community take umbrage or, or, or uncomfortable with the fact that the 12 steps uses words like higher power. And to address that, because we all know that our higher power is named Jesus Christ, we have rewritten them to put Christ into the into the actual steps. Uh, now, there are people that are 12 steps advocates that would disagree with that and take umbrage with that because uh, they want to appeal to everyone. But my, my goal is, is to have people set free. And not just my goal, that's what God's goal is. Uh, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So... I have seen through the course of my work in the recovery community that people who have a spiritual awakening, who begin to make, who not just begin, but do make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their lives, are the people that have a much better chance. Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. And the enemy, the enemy is out there like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he uses our weaknesses. And, you know, I said earlier that the 12 steps, hang on one second. The, 
the 12 steps could benefit everyone. Because the truth of the matter is, we are all recovering from something. You may not have ever been in the bondage of alcoholism. You may not have ever been into the bondage of drugs or pornography or gambling or any of those things. But I bet you that you've either had anxiety, you've had too much pride, you've had jealousy, you've had a lack of forgiveness. We're all human beings, and we all have our flaws. And the 12 steps are a, a, a effort to address those flaws. The 12 steps are an effort to realize that we need help, that we can't do it on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do things on our own. The 12 steps are about making amends with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, the 12 steps are about continuing to examine ourselves, and as the Book of Lamentations says, examine our ways and return to the Lord. So the 12 steps are basically a mirror of our Christian walk. And, you know, I say to those in, in recovery people, you know, I have seen instances. We've seen, for example, in the the book uh, uh, by David Wilkerson, uh, where people, he went into the city of New York and, and ministered to gang members of the street, and people were delivered, you know, immediately by God. And Nikki Cruz is still out preaching the word of the Lord across this country, and Teen Challenge, the Cross and the Switchblade, the name of the book. Uh, Teen Challenge is spread out across this country and is just doing kingdom work. It's marvelous work. It's wonderful work. Uh, and I've seen people delivered instantly, too. But the truth of the matter is, we don't go to church and our first time, hear a remarkable sermon, read a few verses in the Bible, and now we're perfect Christians. Jesus wants a relationship with us. And relationships take work. They take time. They take effort. We, we have to continue to go to church. We have to continue to hear the Word of the Lord. We have to read the Bible on our own. We have to spend time in prayer. We have, we have to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to imitate Christ and do what He did and get out and help people uh, through our own experiences. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. We, we've got to walk the walk, and that, you know, that's an ongoing process. It's, it's, it's a beautiful process. You know, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. He said that because when we obey his commands, life's a lot better. We have that abundant life that, that he talked about. Uh, Jesus came, obviously, to forgive us of our sins and to give us the promise of eternal life. But he also came to show us how to live. And Jesus lived a life of servanthood. And, and that's kind of at the heart of the 12 steps. So let's go through it. Step one, we admit without Christ as our Lord and Savior we are powerless over our addictive or codependent behavior, and our life has become unmanageable. Okay, we, we, we can take that. We, we admit that without Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are powerless over our anger. We are powerless over our jealousy. We are powerless over our pursuit of idols. We are powerless over our anxiety. We are powerless over our depression. You can take anything that you're struggling from, not just addiction. And the truth of the matter is, so many of us are addicted to something. It might be shopping. It might be... It might be gossip. It could be a lots of different things. But these 12 steps are powerful. In fact, I saw a list of the most uh, incredible inventions in the 20th century. Remarkable century. The world changed from automobiles to, to airplanes to rockets to the Internet to you name it. I mean, social media, I mean, communication, computers. The world changed drastically in the 20th century. But one of the items on the list of the greatest inventions of the 20th century were the 12 steps. And these 12 steps, just like the Bible, in my opinion, are inspired by God. 
because the reason they have power is because they're biblical. I mean, in Romans 6.16, Paul said, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? Powerlessness. Romans 3.22-24, we are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, no matter who we are or what we have done, for all have sinned and all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus, who has freed us by taking away our sins. We admit that without Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are powerless, whatever it is. Your anger, your pride, whatever it is, and certainly your addiction. Step two, we came to believe that God, through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, can and will deliver us from the bondage of addiction and every plan, power, and work of the enemy. You see, there's only one way out of bondage, and that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I do know people who have gotten sober without a relationship with God, but are they fully recovered? Are they restored? God wants, if you're out there and you're under a bridge and you're in the in, in the throes of addiction, or more likely if you're listening to this program, you have a family member, you have a loved one, you have somebody that you just, you want to help them and you just don't know how. Well, it's through a relationship with Christ. And it's through working these 12 steps. It's through walking the Christian walk. It's through being devoted to, you know, we have a saying in recovery, without God, I can't. I agree with that. But without God, without me, God won't. Let me repeat that. Without God, I can't. But without me, God won't. He gives us free will. In Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door knocking, and if anyone would open the door, I'd come in and dine with them or fellowship with them. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with your son or your daughter who's out there, and you don't know what to do. You're just you're beside yourself. They just keep making the same mistakes. He wants a relationship with him. So, you know, the traditional 12 steps is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We believe that the power lies in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit can and will deliver us from bondage and restore us to sanity. Step three, we make a decision to invite Jesus Christ into our lives and crown him the Lord of all with no reservations. We accept God's grace and forgiveness in the person of Jesus Christ and become born again. Wow, such a wonderful thing. I don't know if you remember when you were born again, when you truly accepted Jesus Christ. The traditional 12 steps has made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And that is true as well. I mean, you, if you're out there or you know someone that's under the bondage of addiction, it's because we're selfish and, and we chase our own will. We didn't, we didn't try to live for the will of God. The Lord's Prayer tells us, not, tells us, thy will be done. And that's, that's a critical, you get, these first three steps, I don't believe that anybody can achieve sobriety much less be fully restored as God wants to his plan and purpose without these three steps, without admitting that we need help, without understanding and believing that Jesus Christ can change things, and without step three, turning our will and our lives over to him, making that relationship with him the most important thing in our lives. Step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and asked the Lord to show us what needs to be confessed, repented, of and forsaken in Jesus' name. As I said earlier in Lamentations 340, let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Do you see where the the power of these steps go through? It's not because 
some guys sat around and came up with 12 steps. Hey, let's, let's, let's come up with 12 steps that, that might lead. No, it's because they're biblical and basis. It's the Christian walk amplified and exemplified and, and illustrated and set forth for us in a certain way for people who are struggling with any kind of bondage whatsoever, whether it be addiction or, or pride or whatever. I, everyone in this country, in this world, could benefit from working these 12 steps. And there are 12-step meetings everywhere for almost anything you can imagine, certainly for all addictions. I mean, there's 12 steps for narcotics, for gamblers, for sex addiction, you name it. There's 12 steps for pills. There's 12 steps for Emotions Anonymous, Overheaters Anonymous, Sex and Love, Workaholics Anonymous. There's 12 steps for all kinds of things. And Houston, Houston is a hotbed for addiction. It really is. But correspondingly, God's given us an answer. Houston's also a hotbed for recovery. There are recovery meetings everywhere. And, and you can go to an AA meeting, a 12-step AA meeting, and, and no matter what your addiction is and benefit from it, you know, in, in the recovery community, the way we do this is, is we get a sponsor, and a sponsor works us through these 12 steps. And, and there are workbooks uh, out there, a general guide to the 12 steps is one, that you can work, all kinds of different workbooks, and you work that, and you go through these steps. And, and that, that is a spirit, causes a spiritual awakening, and it causes us to reflect on all the things that, that got us to where we were in the addiction, and it got us to, to identify and, and recognize our character defects, our flaws, and then ask God to remove them because only He can. It's a wonderful process, but you don't have to go to a 12-step. You can pick up these 12 steps and work it with a brother or sister in Christ. You can be in a, a men's or women's fellowship at your church and, and work the 12 steps together. I really recommend, no matter who you are or what you're dealing with, because on this world, we're, it's a fallen world, we're all dealing with something but you take a look at these 12 steps and how powerful they are. Step five, we admit to God, to ourselves, and to another Christian believer the exact nature of our wrongs. Well, again, it couldn't be more biblical than that. James 5.16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We've got to recognize our problems and confess them. You know, Jesus told us a parable uh, about, you know, this surrendering and realizing who we, in, in Luke chapter 18, he told the par- parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and the Pharisee was down there all arrogant. That's another thing that people need to be delivered from, is arrogance, including spiritual arrogance. And and, and this tax, the Pharisee was down there saying, I'm so glad I'm not like that guy at the end of the road. You know, I, I do this and I do that. And the, and the and the tax collector, which is the, the, a great description for the biggest sinners of the time, which is just so amazing that our Lord and Savior chose Matthew as, as a disciple. But in any event, the, the tax collector says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went home justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Christ showed us how to live. And he showed us how to live a humble life, a life of servanthood. So we've got to we've got to admit our wrongs. The traditional twelve uh, step five is a similar admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. If we don't confess our sins, Jesus asked the paralyzed man in John chapter five. He said, "Do you want to be healed?" And I asked that. I preached a similar message Sunday at the Open Door Mission, and I asked those men, "Do you want to be healed?" 
Because if you want to be healed, there's an answer. If you have a loved one or a friend or a relative who needs help, if they want to be healed, there's an answer. And these 12 steps can be a big part of, of that spiritual journey. So step six, we commit ourselves to obedience to God, and when the Holy Spirit reveals an area of our lives that need to be changed, we quickly obey and surrender that area to Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 2, because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to, to death. And isn't that true? The way Paul writes, the wages of sin are death. And they really are. They really are, not just in the eternal sense, but in the life sense. I mean, I've said before on this program, I've had so many relatives die from addiction. It's hereditary. It's so sad. Do you know that last year, more people under the age of 45 died from addiction overdoses, much less the long-term damage. I'm talking about overdoses. Died on the spot and died from COVID. It has been a pandemic, and it remains a pandemic. And what's so sad, and that's why I'm on this radio program, is because I want to shout from the mountaintops. They don't have to live like that. I didn't have to live like that, and I chose not to. I chose to be healed. I answered that question. Yes, yes, Jesus, I want to be healed. you got to want it. But if you want it, it's there for you. Step six, traditional, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, traditional, humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings because only he can. Step seven, as we've written it, we humbly and boldly ask the Holy Spirit to deliver us from any and all strongholds and defects of character and renew our minds through the truth of God's word. Romans twelve two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? I'm so gr- grateful that I went into a faith-based recovery and began to study his word, really study it and really began to commit my life to, to making him my Lord and Savior, making him that the most important relationship in my life, changes everything. When you're all in, as they said, in so many aspects, <laughs> I'm thinking of poker, which is not a very good analogy, but when you're all in, uh, everything changes, but you have to be all in. But it's it's really so easy. I ask people out there that are still in addiction, I say, you spend so much time in addiction, either doing it or thinking about it or trying to find drugs or alcohol, uh, you know, lying to people about it, uh, trying to cover up your mistakes. You spend so much time, your life gets, you're a slave to whatever you obey. So much of your time gets spent up. And a fraction of that time devoted to recovery can change lives. A fraction of that time truly devoted to, to recovery. Step eight, these are scary Step eight is where we begin the amends process. You know how important amends and forgiveness is to Jesus? He told people, leave your gift at the altar and go make up with your brother or sister, and then come back and offer your gift to God. And these people had traveled to this altar in in Jerusalem, sometimes hundreds of miles. He said, go home and, and make up with them. Forgiveness. Jesus said, if you want your Father in heaven to forgive you, you need to forgive your brother. It's so important. So it's both ways. It's not just step eight is made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. We've kind of rewritten that a little bit. We make a list of all people we have harmed and who have harmed us and became willing to make amends to them all, including ourselves. The enemy wants people to be just on their back with with guilt and shame. And it's so easy to get that way because we make so many mistakes. All of us do, whether we suffer from addiction or not. We make so many mistakes. It's so easy to get just 
bogged down in shame and guilt. We have to forgive. And, you know, the beautiful thing is, and in step nine, we seek forgiveness from everyone we have harmed and are willing to make amends to them all without causing any further injury. The beautiful thing about that is it's a scary process when you, because if you've been down the road of addiction, you've, you've burned some bridges, you've, you've hurt some people, you've done some things that you wouldn't have done without being under that bondage. But the beautiful thing is, is when people see that you've changed and they see that you truly, you know, that's what Jesus wants. He wants a changed heart. And people see that too. When they see your changed heart, when they see you're really working hard, when they see you've changed your life, the forgiveness comes. Maybe not always as quickly as we wanted it to, but it always comes. It's a beautiful process. And this is just a Christian thing. As I said, Jesus said, forgive each other. He said, how will people know that you're my disciple? Because you love one another. And forgive, forgiveness is part of love. Step 10, I'm running out of time. So we continue to take light of the word we hear, the word being the Bible and, we, and God's word, and shine it into the darkest area of our lives looking for places we can come up higher. Step 10 traditional has continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. I think I may add that to ours. We've got to admit our our faults uh, because none of us are perfect. But you know what? When we're convicted, not condemned, when we're convicted by our mistakes, God has a way of of changing our hearts and changing our our actions. 2 John verse Chapter 1, verse 8, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may be rewarded fully. It is so sad when I see brothers and sisters who have been sober and living a great life for so long relapse. It does happen. But then again, it's so joyous when I see them say, okay, I'm going to pick myself up. I made that mistake. I'm going to get back on my horse. And I'm going to work my program and, and work my relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to get back sober again. That, all of heaven rejoices when a single sinner repents. That is a wonderful thing, and I see that happen as well. You know, working in the recovery community is really a blessing. I urge you to, you know, if you happen to be listening to this and you don't know anything about recovery, helping people who come out of prison, helping people who in, in addiction recovery centers, it's really rewarding when you see them begin to change their lives. It's one of the real blessings, not just my sobriety, not just the restoration that God gave me, but the opportunity to work and help with other people. It is such a blessing. Again, that's why I'm on the radio right now. If I help, you know, one person today, it's all well worth it. And, of course, I can't really change anybody, but I can plant a seed and the Holy Spirit can take over and then change their lives. Amen? All right, step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will and the power to carry it out. I like that traditional one. We've changed it a little bit. We actively pursue the wisdom of God, which is the will of God, applying it accurately to our life and solving problems, developing intimacy with Jesus Christ through prayer and obedience to keep His Word and seeking His will be done in our lives rather than our own. Man, they drilled that into me when I went into rehab and recovery. His will, not mine, because mine got me in all kinds of places I didn't want to be, I didn't need to be, that were not good for me. But His will, His plan is always better than ours. Let the Colossians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. All right, step twelve. This is critical. Having had a spiritual awakening, okay. As a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics or to addicts and practice these principles in all our affairs. Biblical principles in all our affairs. Isn't that the Christian walk? All right. 
The way we represent having had a spiritual awakening is Christ broke the chains of our bondage, and having become a disciple of Christ Jesus, we carry the message of great news, hope, and love to others who are bound with the chains of addiction. We continue to grow with Christ at the center of our lives and all our relationships. Isn't this the center of Christianity? Aren't we called in Matthew 28 to, to make disciples of all nations? Aren't we called to preach the gospel to all creation? Doesn't Jesus, in his last uh, statements to the disciples in, in, in uh, the book of Acts, he tells them to go out and be witnesses to everyone about what Christ has done in our lives? And that is the essence of Christianity. We are called to make disciples of all nations. We're called to, to show through our testimonies we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. If you're an overcomer, you've got a powerful testimony. You can do what God intended you for you to do, that is live out your purpose and help other people. I'll see you all next Wednesday. It's always a blessing to be with you. We love you at New Covenant Church, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.